The Westworld TheoryCast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Go to Cufflinks.com right now and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. Cufflinks.com is the men's accessory marketplace. They aim to drive men to one place where they can find all the accessories they could want to elevate their look each and every day. Now, we all know that there's a coronavirus going around and we want everyone to be safe and happy. And a lot of things have been canceled. Okay. And a lot of sales that Cufflinks had have been canceled too. NCAA, things like that. But they have now put over 700 items on their sale page to get a great discount while people are planning that next outing with their friends. When this all clears up, and you go out, you're still going to have to look good. So head over to cufflinks.com today. We wish you and your family well. Have a great day. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Westworld Theory Cast. Today you have the cleanup tech coming together to close out the week. My name's Gina Giacchetti, and my co-hosts are Tim Hines, a.k.a. Timothy Hinesworth, for Westworld purposes, and Andy Theobald, in some circles, known as Ando Calrissian. We are the cleanup techs. We round up the trash, the missed pieces, things undiscussed, and perhaps things we think are completely wrong. But we've been asked to tidy it all up as best we can do. And today we'll be discussing Westworld Season 3, Episode 3, The Absence of Field. And if you want to listen to more podcasts about Westworld or other great TV shows that you watch, you can find out more about us at dvrpodcast.com. Hey, Tim. How? Hey, Andy. How's everyone doing today? Well, yeah, I'm, do- I'm doing good. I'd just like to put out right now that I'm the better of the Hinesworths. So if everybody's been paying attention on the page <laughs> and you've taken the poll, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the better, the, 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 the greater Hinesworth. The great, that's it. The greater oh. Hinesworth. <laughs> um, so that's good. And, and Andy, how you doing? I am doing good. I'm looking forward to spending some time talking and getting away from the news and all the other stuff. Me too. Definitely. So jumping into this, why don't we start off with what we kind of think our overall rating of this episode was. Um, so I, I give this one a solid seven. I really like this episode. I think there's a lot to talk about. And I think it moved the story along really well. And um, I also had some revelations about how this is lining up with season one, which I know we're going to get into. But um, so what what did you think? Oh, sorry. Was that me? Sorry. I cut yeah. it a second there. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I also gave it about a seven. I really, really liked it. I, uh, it, I liked it more than after when I rewatched it. Uh, I like all the mysteries that it brought up fan of the mysteries, the mystery box thing. I love all that stuff. I love being able to theorize. And I think this episode gave us a lot to do or to think about. Yeah. I, you know, they definitely opened up some, some, more doorways of thought, but I gave it a six, not so high. I didn't think it was fantastic, but there was a lot of cool missing pieces. And I, I feel like it was more story 
than visual in this episode that was really uh, kind of like titillated me, like got me excited. So I, I, that's why, you know, I, I would have liked a little more visual stuff, even though, it, you know, it was more pullback shots, a lot of background scenery. Um, I did notice a few things, uh, like just right off the top. Now, when Charlotte was talking with her assistant and right in the beginning and they, they were, she brought her like the data on who was buying up shares and microtransactions of purchasing Delos. She was staring right at a gigantic sphere. Now, are we to assume that Delos has a similar type of program or computer that's shaped like Roboham? Hmm. I don't know. I, I totally didn't see that. Was that in the architecture or was that, uh, d- did it actually look like? It was inside the, the building. It was like the, the building looked like almost like the shape of, uh, I can't even think, it's where Seattle plays football. Um, like it has that, that like long, yeah. of, uh, what is what that field called? Oh my gosh. Um, okay. I should know that one too. I can't remember. I know what building you're talking about, but I didn't see the... Is it CenturyLink Field? I think so, yeah. Yeah, all right. But it's like has that long shape, like, and inside of it was a giant sphere. And I I wonder if that's maybe the new supercomputer, like the way they make them, that they're suspended. You know, we haven't really gone into Delos's like, property too much. All we've seen is a couple, is a boardroom and a couple offices. So, but now they're on that campus because it wouldn't be like they were at Insight and she brought her that information. Why would she just appear out of like, look like she came out of like maybe the office and like walked outside. So that, you know, that was just like an an observation I had. And other than that, there wasn't a lot more that I I really hadn't seen about the, the world yet. So, so, you know, I did like the story, but that's, kind of where I was at like it was a little low for me as far as being like wow but the wow part comes in our theorizing yeah yeah so in terms of theorizing and I think this is probably the biggest mystery of the week and will continue to be is who the hell is Charlotte (laughs) who is Charlotte um so I thought it was interesting when Ken and Axel recorded kind of right after this episode, Ken made a comment about how Dolores was really forcing Charlotte or whoever this host is to adapt really quickly and into Charlotte, um, which is kind of true, but you know, it, it wasn't like it took Dolores 30 years to become sentient. She actually became sentient before the park opened uh, with a lot of coaching from Arnold. Um, and then everything kind of reactivated when those reveries were put in, in place. So I do think someone, I do think a host could become sentient much more quickly, especially if they existed in another body before. Um, and I do think whoever is in Charlotte is somewhat sentient, but also still kind of malleable to the point where Dolores can coach them in the same way that, that Arnold had coached her. Um, That was kind of what I was thinking. And I also think it's like Dolores is more kind of like, you know, we've got work to do. This is sink or swim. 
And, you know, I think in some ways putting a host in that position might help them become maybe even more aggressive and determined faster, even though we saw some, a little bit of backfiring with that, with the, the self-harm and things like that. I don't know. The crying. <laughs> the crying. Oh, come on. I meant the cutting. That was. <laughs> well, no, no, like, no, the, the different aspects, like she, you know, she had more emotions that weren't supposed to be in certain places. You know, like she shouldn't have been crying in the boardroom. You know what I mean? Like obviously would have got to her, but she's the type of person that is quote unquote ruthless and, you know, vengeful. Like she wouldn't be showing that in front of anybody in the, in the company. Yeah. Yeah. And I do feel like this host is a host that we have seen in some form before. I don't think it's like a new host or a combination of people or, or anything like that, because she knows who Charlotte is. She knows that she tried to kill them, destroy them. So I think this is this is a character that that we know. Um, so do we want to talk about who who we think Charlotte is? Well, before we do that, I I wrote down just a couple of the phrases from the beginning, and you know, first, where am I? Who am I? So. Mm. That would lead me to believe that maybe like, I mean, it could be anybody coming out of that state in confusion, but there was a few characters that we've seen in the previous seasons who exerted more confusion when revelations were made, right? So then she says, remember who you are and who you pretend to be. Then she says, I trust you. We're alone. We're alone. No matter uh, no mother, no father. So she trusts her and they have no mother and no father. Now, I was thinking if they have no father, Abernathy was her father. She would have treated him like that. But then again, after she realized what they were, he was more her equal. And uh, then there was one other line that she said um, when she met up with her later. She said, no one knows me like I, uh, no one knows me, uh, no one knows you like I do, or you, or you like me. So that is another link to either, I, I started going rabbit hole and down as far as Ford, because (laughs) he would know her that well, Abernathy or Teddy. I've heard all these, you know, Akacheta and all these other crazy things getting thrown out there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it, I, I've got a crazy one coming, Tim. So but buckle up when it gets to me. I, you know, I could buy I, at this point. I could buy it, but I'm just trying to piece together what we know and what we just saw, like right off the bat. And I'm having a hard time going anywhere besides Teddy. Yeah, I think that, that line you're talking about, no one knows you like I do and no one knows me like you do, that really that eliminates a lot of possible people, I think. It, I mean, there's only two or three yeah. people that that actually could be, I think. It, it really does. And, and I also think that um, I also think it could be Teddy because, you know, she says to Charlotte, you know, this means we'll have to you know, engage with our old friend. 
And William Man in Black was an old friend to both Teddy and Dolores. We both saw them have various kind of storylines, interactions, and and he, you know, he knew William knew them from the beginning as well. You know, he was one mm-hmm. of the early park people. And so that's yeah, that has me leaning towards Teddy. But I want to hear Andy's big crazy theory. Okay, well, the I mean, my safe bet, I think, is Teddy as well. I mean, there's other lines that make me... I wrote down a bunch of lines as well, Tim. And, I mean, one that stuck out to me is she, Dolores says to him, Hale was always a predator. Maybe you've come to identify with her too much. Well, Abernathy was never a predator, to my recollection. And most other people that could be... I mean, Maeve's daughter or other people we've thrown around, I can't see that person fitting yeah. into that line. That's, and the, with Maeve's daughter, this, a lot of things still match up with Maeve's daughter, too but not that line specifically and the no one knows me line for her. And there's another line where uh, when she tries calling, when Hale tries calling her, which says, where the fuck are you? I can't see Abernathy saying that either. My, my other crazy, crazy deep end theory, it's kind of long and convoluted like mine tend to be, but at the very beginning of the episode, when we see Hale's body being created, where, where and when do you think that was? That was, all ties into this. I think that was the, right at the beginning because she had to get Hale out there immediately. And, yeah. and we saw all the three other balls. So that was the yep. first ball being used. Okay, that's, that's, what I, that's what I also assume. So what the last time we saw Dolores in season two, she was leaving in Hale's body. Right. So that means someone, she either had to have somebody help her take that. I don't think there's a way she could take it out and transplant it herself. Or there's two hails. I think there might be two hails running around. And one of one of them, I think, when you talk about the the self harming and uh, all of that kind of that stuff of the bring herself and cutting herself, that looks an awful like James Delos last season. What happened to him at the end? They find him, and he has gone crazy. Right when they like like when they put the other other ones in the loop with the yeah. And the James Dalo thing was basically them. From correct me if I'm wrong, but was trying to take memories of Dalos that they had into a host body. Yes, that's what. What if what if Doris is do okay? Um, let's see. all of these. What if Dolores is trying to put MIB into one of the Hale bodies? Hale was always a predator. Maybe you've come to identify with her too much. No one knows you like I do. No one knows me like you do. He, Hale digs into her arm just like MIB does at the end of last season. Where the fuck are you? That sounds a lot like MIB. You belong to me. You know that, right? Dolores yeah. also says that to him. And I'm pretty sure MIB has said that to her at one point. He also, uh, Hale also says, no matter what happens between mommy and daddy, I will always love you. I think that something similar was said to Emily by MIB last season. I'm not positive about that. And I, I could buy that because the, the, the interaction with the child molester was yeah. very dark. Brutal. Yeah, mm. brutal. And that's and it, it also definitely MIB's it, MO. And it would be a role reversal from season one where where MI, or William was basically using, by the end of the season, was using her and beating her up. She's turn the tables possibly the two biggest things that i can't find it that maybe would be there is the we need to pay a visit to an old friend which i assumed meant mie but what if that's Ford? well no mm. she, she said we got to pay a visit to an old friend 
And yeah. Did, and is, isn't that when they pulled up Bernard? Oh, uh, it could be. I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I assumed it was MIB. Yeah, that, but it could be Bernard too. And the other but, one, she tried to kill us if there's two different oh, hills. No, I'm sorry. She pulled up Bernard yeah, in sorry. the beginning when she, when she was programming that. Yeah. that you're right. Oh, yeah. So that wasn't but that the, point. The other I, line about the she tried to kill us line, if if there was two hails, that could that line could still work in this scenario. I don't know. You guys tell me if you think this is way off the, no, way off the reservation. I, I think <laughs> there's something there. Yeah, I, I mean, really right, do. Yeah, right now I think that's tighter than, you know, uh, I can't think of her name, uh, Angela or, you know, some of the other people that are a little ruthless that might have came out. You know, and, and all those people, they don't know what kind of relationship do they have with Dolores. I mean, yes. they don't know her better than any. That line and the Predator line are the two that really stick out to me. And MIP really does fit that bill pretty easily. But like I said, there'd have to, I think there would have to be two hails running around for that to be the case. And see, the strange part is that I feel like there's something in hell, like in her mind, in her code, that was maybe like some kind of blocker for this type of extraction of her mind because she like, you you could hear the, when she says to, to I think Dolores, it's fighting me. It's trying to take over me. So I'm wondering if like Hale has some kind of like maybe mental, like, like a mindscape where like almost inception, how you could put your mind in a certain spot and yep. then, and then you know, try, like a trap, the trap door thing. So mm-hmm. maybe she had an implant of a trap door, like in her mind. And when it got extracted, she's coming out, sort of. So mm-hmm. there's, it's a lot of mystery mm-hmm. with who she could be. But I think the 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 like fighting in her is is going to be the main part of it because it's is it gonna stay hell or like transform more into hell or become a hybrid type of thing yeah because Uh, now she's playing both sides of the fence appeasing Serac at the end and then still trying to play on Dolores's team so it's we don't actually know you know what side she's really gonna be playing for because Dolores yeah. keeps bailing on her for some reason. Yeah. Or just and not yeah, she could, being there at so, the right time. Yeah, it's hard to predict what which way, because she could really ruin either side pretty easily with what she knows. She's basically double agent. Yeah. Okay, so before we go on, we're going to take a little break. Here's Axel. Imagine if you could listen to a podcast where James Delos tells you why he bought Westworld. Well, James Delos isn't real, but Christopher Slough of Reddit, Brandon Hillcart of Bark, and Cortland Allen of Indie Hackers are. And so is Code Story. Code Story is a podcast interviewing the tech visionaries about their journeys building products from nothing to something amazing. Code Story is a podcast interviewing the tech visionaries about their journeys. Like How I Built This with Guy Raz, this is the same type of podcast, but bend towards those in the tech world. 
In the show, host Noah Labhart digs into the critical details about what it takes to change an industry, how the tech visionary got started building their world-changing product, what sort of trade-offs they had to make in the beginning, and how they coped with them. Our tech leaders are not only brilliant builders, they're humans, and they have a human story to tell. Hey, I've listened to the podcast, and it's awesome. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're into tech. And if you want to hear the real human stories behind that tech, Code Story is the podcast for you. Subscribe to Code Story now on every major podcast platform. Code Story, the future is now. Okay, and we're back. So we were just talking a little bit about Charlotte slash Men in Black, who... You know, there was there's one other point that people have brought up that I don't know. I, it makes sense, but I don't know if I really like it. Do you guys think it could be Wyatt? Like she splits Wyatt off? I don't know. It, I don't it, really... I don't like that theory, but I, what do you guys think? If anything, I think... The, that she's still got Wyatt. Yeah. Oh, like she split I, off the horse. I think I think she like f- merged I, somehow, like because she had that okay. darkness in her. I don't think that they split. Yeah. There was no split that we we knew of. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Mm, interesting. Okay. Um. So, what should we talk about next, you guys? Should we talk about? kind of how this is all dovetailing and lining up with season one, because I feel like this is where the whole like meat of this episode was um, for me anyway. It's, I mean, if you know, you're, you you know, you could kind of tie in the espionage of the corporate espionage of the other seasons right into this. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, I don't want to keep saying it because, you know, it, we've said it before, but the, you know, simulation within a simulation, this is just like totally mimicking itself. It's just in a different form. And, and uh, we had shared a photo on the Facebook group that Andy actually found and it showed the maze with the, the little babies that I think was Delor- uh, Maeve and her daughter. And then it showed the the cuddling of the same way with Teddy and Dolores, and then it showed Dolores and and Hale on the bed in the same exact positions of that nurturing coddling position. Now there's you know that right there is a big tie-in. So you know it's just I feel like it's just repeating itself so much, and and all these different not knowing if Sirach's real. You know, he's always showing up as a hologram and it, it's just, it's very interesting. Yeah. How, how do you, what, what's your interlock with this other seasons? Well, I mean, I think there's a lot here really. Um, and you just kind of said it, it feels like things are repeating. Well, wouldn't that just be, it's a loop. It's another loop, which is mm-hmm. what these hosts are, are in. They're in their own loops. Um, <laughs> and you know, they might've diverged a little, I can talk about this in, in a minute, but yeah, I mean, this is, we've kind of always known that Charlotte was a mole, right? She had Teresa as her mole in season one to try and get that data out of the park. And Ford knew Charlotte was trying to do that. 
and then Abernathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but initially he tried to get that data out of the park, um, in with Maeve if she were to leave, but then she never left. You know, she she got sentimental and decided to. You know, she saw the mother and daughter, and she decided to stay. And then I think that Dolores being out in this world, um, quotation marks, is all afford, you know, this is his journey in tonight, right? This is the narrative he wrote. And it wasn't for the park. It was for this host to escape, somehow um, divert the data from the people that were trying to get it. And to bring Dolores's loop into the real world. Yeah. Well, I kind of even during that conversation with Caleb, when she says that the they're collecting all the data to make a mirror image. Now, we don't, does she even realize, you know, that mirror image could be the one they're in or it could be the one inside Rehoboam, which I think she believes is, but it could be the next level out. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot to play with here because I do think this is some other level. Like even if you look at Rehoboam in a way, it is a 3d interpretation of the maze game that we kept seeing in season one. That was something that really jumped out to me when I saw that maze again. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is this is the new maze. This is the maze for season three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think she's she's in a in a new, more complex loop. She, she's got to figure out the maze again. And then there's all this stuff between these similarities between Caleb and William, just like. William initially just felt like he was having a real experience for the first time in his life with Dolores. And, and Caleb said something similar and they both showed her like kindness and concern and helpfulness that surprised her. Um, and they both initially had limitations put on their real lives that ended up forcing them to decide who they wanted to be. You know, for William, there's this scene when they're in Pariah, I think. Um, and Logan is like, the best day of your life is when you got promoted to EVP. And, you know, that's that's really all you're ever going to do in this life. And that kind of set William off. And it's the same way with, you know, when Dolores told Caleb about his future and death via suicide and... You know, how basically since because of, you know, a few things in his past, it's made this assertion about what his life will be. And as a result, society will never invest in him. And that further seals his fate. And so I just think like, that's one of the reasons why I think this is Dolores on a new loop with a new guy that's a lot like the old guy. And just so happens to be part mechanical which we don't know the extent of. Right. I, uh, I kind of get the impression too, that, I mean, that you, you're watching season one again, a lot more reasons than I am, but Dolores a lot reminds me of 
man in black version of William a lot too, where, I mean, besides the obvious dragging people around the same way as he does, a lot of times it's kind of like he was in that first season where he'd obviously played the game many, many times to try and figure things out. It seems like she maybe has done that many, many times in this simulation, that if it is a simulation. And I think that could play in before a couple episodes or an episode or two ago when the, when they said the thing about the simulations running faster, she could have easily run this many times in a, in a short amount of time. I don't, instead of maybe her no, knowing, every, I mean, maybe she knows everything because she's been done it forever, like Bill Murray and Groundhog Day. Mm. If she keeps looping and retains that, like a, a, a robot version of Man in Black. I don't, that one's not fully formed out, but that's just something that crossed my mind while I was watching this episode. And there's also the fact that Liam had said he doesn't have access, nobody has access. Mm-hmm. And they allude to, they don't even say that Sirach has the access. They said that he might be the only one with the access. So, you know, Sirach might even be, you know, not even real. He might have been a program just like how Ford yeah. made, you know, Bernard and, and Dolores made Bernardo, like in his image. Like maybe there was a guy, but now it's inside Rehoboam. So like maybe there's no controlling it. So that's, you know, maybe they're trying to breach it somehow. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting. Now, with like the way all those coded messages were coming through, you know, I I, I was I didn't pick up on it until the rewatch a second time that she was playing the unlock code in different notes on that on those tones. She was playing pieces of them, not in sequence. And then once she, she did it in the right way, then she got the call back to meet with Sirach. So like that was a whole computer to computer type of thing. Unless the original Hale knew that code because of their deal. Well, I think the original Hale did know the code. I think she said it to the You Are My Sunshine because that's when she finally understood the song and had heard the song. She started mm-hmm. putting it together. I think that was just the way that she and Sorak used to communicate. It's probably some kind of encrypted number. Right. Thing. So how yeah. it how would Hale really know that unless it was coming through that it was hell like she was breaking that wall instead of being the you know supposed hell like it seemed like she figured it out it wasn't like like she was trying all different tone sequences i don't know yeah it was, it was i just, don't that's like computer c- communicating with computer there was not even like uh you know words to communicate it was f- fuzzy tones yeah, it sounded like an old dial-up internet modem starting up or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, someone had made a comment about Hale's assistant that came in and gave her the recording of herself yeah. in the world and said, I don't know what it is you might want to do with this. I uh-huh. think like he might be in on it because that had the You Are My Sunshine, which then was the tonal code. Well, I think we, did, Tim, I think, didn't we talk, mention this in the, in our chat? I think Tim, I, it seemed yeah. to me that it was cut off. We never saw the end of that recording. 
Well, yeah, oh, yeah, we never did that. And, and then I started thinking about what if that recording is her cornerstone? Hmm. Hmm. And it was supposed to be given to her, like, because yeah. if if that guy obviously had he had seen it, because he said this is something we haven't seen, then before that, when they were talking earlier, when she first got there. They were talking about the who could be the mole, and he's like, "You know everything that goes on here." So, is you know, is are they in on this like whole thing to keep her there? It it's it's very cryptic. It's yeah, hard the, to figure out. But again, you know, at the end, we don't know what happens at the end of that. So, like, that was if, yeah. The thing with oh, go sorry, Tim, sorry. Yeah, if at the end of that video. She gets shot right then and there is the proof to the other people that, you know, her assistant or whoever else saw that video that she's not really her. Yeah, it's he, the the assistant, they're either in on it or something, they saw something on there that is important. Well, I mean, it's it's one of the two. And then that leads us to the question if, if Hale was in the park because she was still in her evening gown at that point that was right after Dolores started you know shooting people down so she was shot and killed then who was the hail that was with Bernard that was shot by that was shot by the other hail yes exactly yes that we thought when I was going through my MIB thing I had rewatched that that episode again tonight to check and that to double check that part too and yeah it was Robot hail is who shot the hail we assumed was real hail. Right. And, and, you know, I believe like one of the early theories Axel was always rolling with was that hail never seemed legitimate as yeah. a person. Too like, young to be a CEO. Too and all young that to stuff. be a CEO. Yeah. She never changes like her looks or, or she was always very. Um, yep. I agreed with that. Emotionless. Yeah. You know, she, she was very stern, always about her job. And even when she gets back, the ex man or the baby daddy, you know, he says, you were always this way. Mm-hmm. But then the weird thing is when she's with the, with her son, he says, I want my mommy back. And that's, yeah. that's like the same thing that Caleb's, Caleb's mother mom. says. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's like, you know, sometimes they say the people who are mentally ill, you know, they, they might see on a different plane be, you know, and we consider it mentally ill. Children pick up on things that, you know, other people don't. Some say, you know, they could see ghosts or supernatural powers. Now, I'm not rolling with that as a real thing. I don't, you know, I can't subscribe to that fully. But if that's yeah, they can like, sense evil and that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Like a dog can sense, sense things yeah. in the room. You know, like if that's the case, we just saw, you know, two a child who, who, you know, who has good instincts usually. Mm-hmm. And, you know, possibly, you know, the mother realizing that he's not real. It's, you know, so it's, oh man, it's so deep. Like, it, cause every time I want to go one way, I'm going the other. And it's just too many holes that, that I can't fill, but I love looking down them. Yeah. They've done a great job of, uh, making things be, there can be more than one answer for almost every different thing we're going to talk about. 
Yeah. I think before we jump to the next topic, let's take a quick break and we'll have uh, Axel drop a little ad here for you. Take a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year. and We're so proud to have them. So go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser and you will arrive and you will be amazed, happy, surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has. You might think to yourself, hey, I don't have an informal event coming up. You know, I'm not into cufflinks, but guess what? They have a lot more than that. Actually, I'm wearing a pair of Star Wars socks that they sent me. Cufflinks.com is where it's at. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Hey, everybody, I've got an exciting announcement. Our very own Heath Santazo, a.k.a. Heath Solo, who you know is a great actor, has been writing a screenplay and is now producing his first feature film, The Star City Murders. A team of detectives are tracking down a serial killer, but his methods are like nothing law enforcement has ever seen. It's a race against time before more victims are claimed. The Star City Murders. You can be a big part of this project and become a backer. Just go to cefilms.com for all the information on the film and how to donate, or go to kickstarter.com and search The Star City Murders. And also, if you look in the show notes or at dvrpodcast.com, all the links are there for you. There are many great rewards for donating, including a tier where you get an exclusive behind-the-scene podcast hosted by me, Axel Foley. That's right. Let's help get Solo make this movie, all right? Go out there and donate $5, $10, whatever you can give. Let's make sure that Solo gets this done. And also, all the Patreon funds coming to DVR Podcast are going to this Kickstarter because we believe in Solo. This is going to be an awesome movie, and we want to be a part of it. So head on over to CE Films today. The Star City Murders, baby. Let's find the killer. So I was wondering, do you guys think that Ford is still alive or still exists in a cognizant form in some way? Yes. Yes. I, I He has to be in some form. I think he's still alive. I think they they revived him. I don't think that they took his conscience and put it into a ball. I think because he was too important and uh, he was on that that boat. You know, they were bringing all the, the important people out, getting them off the island, and he was there. So th- there's something with that. You know, there could be that he could have been uh, Liam's father's partner years ago because, like, there's been mention that maybe it was Ford, but I think maybe it was William. You know, he was hedge. Maybe he was hedging his bets, not just Delos. Maybe he was putting that tech, you know, his money into that company as well. Yeah. So I think he's he's important somehow. So I feel like they would have got him out. Well, I had always kind of thought that the Ford we saw out there that Dolores shot was his own version of a host of himself because remember when Bernard killed Teresa and 
down in that kind of basementy room, and mm-hmm. there was a host being there was a host being built down there. I always thought that was p- potentially Ford's host body. In retrospect, I always thought it would. I always I could never figure out. Why he didn't seem like a guy that had a wish wanted to kill himself either. That never really rang true with me, even though I loved the first season. That was one that always bugged me a little bit. So it wouldn't surprise me if that was a another post that he had made. Yeah, was actually shot because it feels more like he would want to appear to duck out of everything when chaos ensues, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's somewhere safe watching it all from a distance and still controlling. Yeah. Still being the master. Yep. And the loops of um, the loops of the hosts and, and even the loops of the humans. I mean, there was this weird conversation he had with, with William at one point in the bar when he kind of meets up with them where, where William's just obsessed with the maze. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, there's just something about that scene. I was like, he's, he's kind of like coaching William in the same way that, that Arnold used to coach Dolores. <laughs> but I don't know. There's, there's a, there's so many layers to this. It's just kind of <laughs> right. <laughs> forever. Like William's another one. William could have got it, you know, could have been off too. Like it's, he's, you know, I, it, I don't know. It's, it's so both of them, like four could still be, on the on the island in, in Westworld, like hiding out in his little secret caverns that he built, all those different places. Uh-huh. But I mean that that would be unlikely. But there's still people there, you know. It just it it has to be. I, I don't know. I don't think they're gone from the show. I think MIB and Ford are are both still in human form somehow. Yeah, like, William William's got to be behind the scenes somehow. Well, I mean, Ed Harris's name is still in the credits. I mean, he's got to be—he's going to show up at some form or another. I guess it could be a flashback or something too. But I'd be shocked if we don't see him in some way this season. Yeah, this is a you know like heavy duty episode. Like I said, it wasn't a lot of like crazy visual effects, but this this the depth to all this stuff is nuts. <laughs> yep. Like the yeah. you know one of the cool things though was in the beginning that giant RoboCop type suitcase thing they brought out those five boxes that created the the mm-hmm. uh, riot control guy. Mm-hmm. Now I they have three hundred of those things on deck, and I feel like <laughs> Charlotte going over and touching it like how how could they not make a machine to machine type link? I, it just I don't know. It just seems like. Like they would be able to do that. Yeah. And to machine type link to control those to unleash upon the human race as well. When you yeah. start your revolution, right? Uh-huh. That's exactly what I was thinking. And and it seems like that's something also that we don't know for a fact she even ever told Dolores about. So that's why it could be like that it could go either way. If, if Hale starts really in, taking over, like Charlotte's real conscious takes over that host and, and battles whoever's in there and wins, she could maybe go on the side of Sorak and, and, you know, wipe out Dolores. That, uh, that scene was actually the scene that got me surprisingly got me thinking about the possibility of more than one Hale. That 
it as seen reminded, I don't know if you guys ever saw Battlestar Galactica, the new the reboot of it. Sure. Reminded me a lot of a scene in that where uh what's the the blonde um the blonde Cylon. I can't think of what I can't remember what her name is. But there's a couple scenes where she goes up to the other the bigger the bigger, bulkier versions of the robots and like touches them really lovingly and be like, You're ama- like you're just like me, even though they weren't. Reminded me, I had a flashback to one of those scenes, and then I started thinking more about Battlestar and how one of the big reveals was that there was more than one version of that. That's more than one version of each each Cylon. That's kind of what led me down that rabbit hole was that scene, and and actually the musical tone thing that was also a big thing in Battlestar Galactica. So there, I saw a couple little Battlestar references that I think were from Battlestar. Anyways, I thought that was kind of a. I don't think they're going that all that direction, but it just got me thinking in that frame of mind. Well, I think that's that's one of the fun things about this show is that, like, it, you know, we've talked already about so many different nods. Uh, you know, you Blade Runner, Axel's going with uh, 2001 with Hal, you know, this, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, we said Matrix, uh, Demolition Man even with certain things. Like, there's it's, it's really incorporating all the elements of science fiction that, are the are the yeah. ones that like kind of hold true that would give us so many uh questions you know what i mean instead of being far out there it's almost like you know i don't want to say real reality but like these are real technical problems that would be occurring with machinery and and mm-hmm. technology you know it it's just yeah. it's it's wild like i you know i did like the 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 part where um they, the cops were using the Rico thing to go after them. And, <laughs> you know, you see the dirty cops and you see, you know, how that works. Like, no matter where you go, like, you're being followed, you're being tracked, they can shut your vehicles down. And I was thinking about how all that's possible is the same way Dolores still has control of all the balls. Like, she can shut them down, change their programming, and... It's almost like they came to the world to be free, but they're not because she still has control. So where was that freedom other than her? Mm-hmm. And is that freedom or is she, is she playing a program? Yep. Well, she, she did let Bernard go and she doesn't seem to have been controlling him. Well, um, he, is awfully, he is awfully worried about her controlling him though. I mean, that I, was that whole switching back and forth all the time. So it's definitely uh, in his mind. Yeah. I wonder if it's, it's not her controlling him, but it's Ford the way he used to, when he had him kill Teresa and um, mm-hmm. yeah, that was, that was something that kind of occurred to me. I'm like, well, Ford's still around. He was the one that had that, that power over, Bernard and Bernard didn't have like a second Wyatt or something at him. He always had this mode that Ford put him in to be, you know, to do his dirty work really. Uh And, you know, to, to throw another layer where he finds Caleb was the same room. He killed Teresa. Cause the blood was still on the wall. When he went back to Westworld. Oh, stop. Stubbs. You mean, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Stubbs. I was like, "Whoa, when did this happen?" Nah, yeah, nah, you were like, you were yeah, blowing yeah. my mind there for a second. No, nah, I meant to say Stubbs. <laughs> but yeah, it, it that's you know, so that was like there's another layer like that. It could be Ford bringing them back to kind of 
remembering certain things that he did. Mm-hmm. A lot uh, of layers here. A lot of layers. Yeah. I don't really, I don't, you know, as far as cleaning up stuff and being clean up text, I'm not sure how much cleaning up we've done here other than <laughs> opening up more holes. So we've made it more messy. Yeah, yeah. we've made a big mess. <laughs> this is, you know, but we, we, you know, I feel like the the theme of like this still being a game is is somewhere where kind of you know lock sync with you know in one way or another it's hard to tell because you know the people in this world if they are say quote unquote new type hosts just like Dolores has kind of mastered putting blood in there different blood of of different DNA to change the the tests when they get their blood tests you know we haven't seen anybody like insides we saw people get shot we saw blood we saw them mashed up but we didn't see you know for sure anybody that that you know would be a machine other than the holograms like at the board meeting and you know, with uh, Ciroc. Mm-hmm. So it's like, as much as we want to think that, it's still, there's too much uncertainty. Yeah. This is wild, wild shit. <laughs> like the wild, <laughs> wild west. Uh, so Andy, you had made a note that you wanted to talk a little bit more about Hale's son. Yeah. The, um, Hale, I mean, his name, first of all, Nathan Hale. Um, you guys, are you guys familiar with that name in history at all? Nathan Hale, was, yeah. Yeah, that's his The kid's name was Nathan Hale, American spy in the yep. Revolutionary War, executed by the British. And then, um, and then was found out to be an actual traitor. Yeah, it's the, uh, like his, his, fam- his famous line, I only regret that I have one life to live for my country. I, I, I don't think that's a name they would pick just by accident. I thought the same thing. I, I, and the, I, uh, oh, go keep going. No, I just uh, I, I was I was right right in there. I'm like, wait, Nathan Hale and like you know, American yeah. history. That's a, it's a powerful name. The other uh, a few other things I found kind of curious about it. It's the second time that somebody's kid has referenced wanting to see elephants. Emily MIB's daughter said the same thing in last season, which I thought was very interesting. I don't know if that really means anything. But the biggest thing is, did you guys happen to look when when uh, he he was getting tucked in? Did you happen to look at his pillowcase and the sheets? No. I know this sounded like a weird question. They have arrows on them, and it is exactly the same arrows in the opening credits. There's a time in the time in the opening credits. There's a spot where like a flower is blooming or something along those lines, and like the the pollen spreads off, turns into arrows that go into hold them. The arrows are the exact same pattern as what's on his pillowcase and on his sheets. Wow. Now I was looking on his wall and on his wall, yeah, was all, I, all animals. It, it was, yeah, that, that it definitely was. I saw that too. I, I studied that scene very close. Cause I, I was on that whole who trying to out who hail thing is. And that's when I noticed that. Cause it's, I mean, I don't know what that could possibly mean, but I wonder if uh, the kid is going to be more important than we think. Yeah. Or if the kid's going to be something that like grounds hail to, to take, Back that body. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't it's, like I say I don't I, I didn't really have any conclusions from that. I just thought it was worth mentioning because I don't think anybody else really talked about that in the other shows this week. 
No, that's that's a big pickup. Yeah, definitely not. That wasn't covered at all. Good stuff. Wow. Now, here's a question I had. The well, it's actually in the question section. I like that. I didn't pick that up. <laughs> um, so when they said Maeve was stolen, right? What we saw with Maeve coming out wasn't that already on the uh, like Reboam side? Wasn't that already in? Uh, oh, it's a comp- inside side. Yeah, but we don't know who took her from her host body that they found at Westworld in the basement. Remember? Yeah, how she got from Westworld to... Oh, okay. So that's yeah. what they're talking about, where they took her from. Yeah. yeah. Not that they had her outside already, and then they got access. Yeah, that there's uh, some that's a mole as well. Because we know that Charlotte hasn't been back there. We know that Ciroc hasn't been there. So who was the one that got her her uh, pearl in its case to Ciroc for insight. Could have been MIB. I mean, he was laying in that, you know, on the boat too, trying to get out, you know, all shot up, looking like, you know, maybe they could save him. Well, the, I mean, the last time, I think, I think the last time we saw Maeve was on the beach there, and I'm pretty sure the two techs where they, got, where they said, you guys are in charge. I think we talked about this another time now that I'm thinking about it where the two techs were uh, were kind of tasked with, because one of the other people said, well, save the post we think we can save. And they cut to Maeve, and then they cut to those two guys looking at her. I mean, maybe it's those two tech. It could be. Um, they were part of that simulation that Maeve was in. It hmm. could be Felix. I think Felix is the Asian one, correct? Yes. yep. It could be Felix, and maybe he is a mole, because remember when um, her code was being changed initially, and they weren't entirely sure who was doing it? Mm-hmm. They always kind of thought it was probably Ford, but what if it was actually a Ciroc from the beginning? Although he didn't really seem to, I take that back, he didn't really seem to suspect Maeve in any way or no he did suspect her at first and then he realized it was Dolores and he had the wrong person so maybe he mm-hmm. was trying to kind of oh Maeve I maybe, don't know I don't know maybe he was trying to get her out for his own purposes and you know somebody picked him up and grabbed it I mean that, that there's a whole big gap between you know yeah cleanup of the island and you know uh-huh. what we've seen what you know they they led us to you know end off with the cool you know thing and with the machine and the house and everything but those other questions you know like still with the with the chinese involvement you know with with bernard still not having gotten basically past china so mm-hmm. you know there's still some uh red tape <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so now, when Hale was cutting herself, right, it was weird. Um, but when she took off her shirt and you saw the markings, did you guys, like, think it was too rough around the edges to not look like that re- that circle that we see in the beginning of the episodes or middle of the episodes, that mark locations? 
that looked- I had exactly this. I had exactly the same thing in my notes. I, I was going to ask you guys the same thing. I thought it looked exactly like that. The exactly. little interstitial things that Rohabom has. Yeah. yeah, and and like, is that another way of the communication? Like, it, it just. I don't know what it means. I, I just it just looked yeah. too too similar. Mm-hmm. Other than the line protruding out of it, but that could have also been like an extension of the line that shows the problem. That's what I was going to say. There's a couple of those lines when it says uh, whatever it is, something detected. That's Anomaly. a couple of like the really big, yeah, the really big ones that usually shoots way out there. So yeah, uh, I, I don't think that was an accident either. I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, it's I don't know, man. It's it's so wild this show. I don't have the answers. I wish we did, but you know, it's what what else did you guys think about the? Uh, I mean, nobody's really talked about it too much either. The implant, and it, basically, the, when they tapped into that into Caleb's implant, they controlled his heart rate. I mean, does the implant control everything in your body? I mean, that he, seems pretty crazy that people would sign up for that. He looked exactly like the controls of any of the other hosts on. Yeah. There. Yeah. That's. Yeah. And not only that, what was the drip thing that he turned off? Cause the guy goes, Oh, you turned off your drip. People would pay millions for this or whatever he said. People mm-hmm. would pay people would kill for this. Yeah. 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 The military grade thing. Yeah. Like what does the drip do? Like, what is that for? Yeah. I, that's. Turns that's, into a lethal mother effer. Because I think he quiet. mentioned it, mentioned it prior, like, "Oh, you turned it off. Don't turn your thing off." And, and then his partner, you know, his uh, yeah psychologist slash best friend was telling him, "You shouldn't turn that off." Yeah, that's what I mean. Does it turn you? What is it? Turn him into turn him into Captain America or something? I mean, what? I don't. <laughs> I, I just. <laughs> I, I was just blessed by that whole scene. I sat and what both times I watched, I'm like, "What is what? What is it? I want to know more. I mean, we're gonna find out." It I'm might, really curious that is. I mean, it might have been something to keep him subdued and living in that algor- algorithm-based type world, and that's why he no, turned it off so he could feel. Yeah. But if he's feeling, is it now real feelings, or is it like lowering the the statistics on those tripads? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so hard to tell how much how real he is and how not. Because he, he also has a very like one dimensional way of thinking. He's like saving, saving. Like he doesn't want to do the one on ones and he right away wants to save Dolores and save his mother. Like he's in this saving mode still. Mm-hmm. Like he's programmed this way. Yeah, it's it's yeah. interesting. The, uh, there was one other, while I'm thinking about the tech stuff, there was one other thing that I noticed that I actually really liked. And I think, I can't remember who, somebody said that they hated it in one of the last, I think it would have been Jenny, about the uh, paramedics and not knowing what to do and waiting for the computer and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that I think actually is going to end up happening at some point. That's, uh, it reminds me a lot of my farming business. The uh, Anytime our John Deere tractor has an electronic problem, the techs literally have to come out and hook up the laptop to the tractor, and the laptop will tell them what's wrong with the electronics. Uh, I mean, it's it's in. I think that's going to happen like with everything in, in the not too distant future. Here's, thought- here's a simpler way to break it down. When we were younger, we could probably name twenty five of our friends' phone numbers right off the bat. Oh, can you do that perfect. now? I can't name no. two. 
You know, I can barely remember my own number. Right. We grabbed the phone and we just pressed their name. It's the same situation, just amplified. It's just that we lean on technology so much that all you have to be is a technician to work the machinery and the machinery does the work. It was was just a nice little, it was a little touch I just loved in the show. I love those little kind of touches that it it seemed like that's a good predictive of what's going to happen in the future, in our future. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely believe that, too. I think even now with some, like, you know, bigger enterprise equipment and, and software and things, there's this concept of, you know, self-healing machines where if something starts going wrong, using algorithms and AI and things like that, it can, mm-hmm. it can correct itself, which I kind of thought, oh, maybe that's why Dolores came back around. But she was getting fluids. I think it was just like her her blood or whatever was was low but you know who's who's to say that you know by the end of this season or or next season we don't see them able to kind of almost regenerate on their own in terms of like the wounds they have versus using one of those little you know uh torches i don't know what you want to call it that (laughs) yeah that the healing wand yeah yeah yeah. i wish uh, we had one of those right now for covid Oh. Yeah. Yeah. There was yeah. one other thing I was thinking that uh, they brought up on Wednesday's show, I think, too. Do you guys think that, um, like, at the end, Serac says that Dolores is the one that has the key? Do you guys think that's actually true? I, I don't think that's true at all. Well, I would say that's like the the because Dolores is the the main character and yeah, you know, we, we would tend to think that, but Dolores, I would probably think hit it into Bernard. That's what, what did she do with the stuff in, in Abernathy's head? Cause I feel like that did get moved. I just can't remember. Is that, isn't that what they uploaded? I think that's what they uploaded. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was, that was what they transmitted in the, in the fort, the satellite, yeah, yeah. I I don't think Dolores would have the key. I actually think, well, huh? I don't necessarily know where it is. I thought it was an interesting yeah. point that somebody brought up in the last shows. It might still be stuck in the satellite. No one might have it. Yeah, yeah. But so yeah. I like I like what you you wrote here in the notes that I, that was a crazy pickup. Arnold's son was named Charlie. <laughs> and then when Charlotte gets to her house, the former baby dad, oh, the baby daddy, former either partner or husband, whatever, he calls her Charlie as a nickname. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, as soon as I just read that, I'm like, this kind of changes a little bit of the thinking of who hell is now. Like, it's, oh. is it is it more... Ford in there? Like, is it Bernard in there? Uh, is Bernard well, really was, Bernard? Like, damn, now, now I, I'm thinking more people. This I is, think there was theories way back in season one that people had that Charlotte was Arnold's son or Arnold's daughter. So it's, yeah, it's, it's wow. definitely opens up a lot of new things. Wow. I never even heard that theory. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't either. I mean, I think it, I think it was dismissed pretty quick by most people, including myself. But I that did when I saw that in the notes, I definitely thought, well, that is the possible. It could be possible, I guess. 
Right. Because <laughs> so say they went back, did that 20 years ago, right? When they started the park, she's 30 and in her 30s in real life, mm-hmm. which I would I would assume in the show she's the same similar age because you know they make mention of such a young uh, CEO. I mean, uh, yeah, right. Uh, so, oof, and I don't know, not CEO, but whatever her title is. Um, and I guess if she had that connection, it could explain why she rose up the ranks quickly too, and oh, why wow. she was so hyper focused on the park, and yeah. also going against. Because Sorak had said at the end, I told you this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if she wanted revenge against Ford and blamed him for the death of her father that she never got to knew- know because, I mean, theoretically, she might not have even been born when um, when Arnold died just based on the age and the 30-year time gap or would be too young to yeah. remember him. Right, it could have been uh, the it, same situation. Like she left her son. Like I mean, it it, it would seem weird that they only talked about it because then wasn't it his son that had died? Arnold's son had died. Wasn't yeah. that right? Yeah. And that's I mean, it would be strange that they never mentioned he had a daughter if that was the case. That was kind of why I think why I dismissed it at the time. Well, but. but if the only if the main cornerstone that uh, that Ford gave Bernard was the death of his son, I suppose that was it, and nothing else. And and actually, why if he had a daughter, why would he put that in there? Because that then he would want to leave the island and go, or leave the Westworld and go find his daughter. Yeah. If he knew he has nothing to go back for, he would stay. Holy rabbit holes! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, Well, guys, the the later it gets, the deeper it gets. What can I say? I know. Should uh should we we uh try and wrap it up a little bit and talk about who we think won the week and and who the MVP is? Yeah, um, yep. unless you guys have any more points that that you want to bring up because I'm pretty exhausted on the on my points here. Uh, I think we you know covered a lot of the the, the really g- gritty stuff, the good stuff. Um, but yeah, if you guys got anything. Well, I think uh, it's kind of a tie between Dolores and Caleb for who won the week because I think she's moving forward with her plan in a fairly productive way, and she convinced Caleb to join her. And I think Caleb, for Caleb, it was a win because he learned about his predestiny and decided to actively work against it and, and decide who he wanted to be. That's, I, it's hard to argue with either one yeah, of those. Yeah, it is. <laughs> It is, especially we learn a lot about Caleb and Caleb has a lot of revelation. So it, it you know, that's, that's pretty cool. That's, I went to Loris here just cause it, it's back to the old Dolores of seeming like she's two steps ahead of everybody and dominating everything. And that's, I, that was why I picked Dolores. Well, I went economically wise and Ciroc who secretly, uh, took over the remaining shares and the controlling shares of Delos. So Ciroc won for me. That's I, He was going to be my next pick. The only reason I did is because I picked him last week, I think. Yeah, I think I did too. I think we all I did. I just spread the love. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so for MVP, I picked Charlotte slash host because I thought it was just super compelling and whoever th- that is inside her 
also made kind of a lot of progress and also found themselves in a really kind of sticky situation. We'll see how they get themselves out of that. I, I agree with you again on this one. It's uh, it's the Hailbot and whoever specific, whoever's in the Hailbot. It's, I mean, we're not going to, I'm guessing we won't know that till the end of the season, but I can't, I'm, it's fun theorizing about it. I mean, I was going to say Hale only because she brought her son the dog, but I went with the waitress in the diner who called social 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 services for Caleb because if it wasn't for her, then we don't know where Caleb would have wound up. He might have went on the street, got hit by a car, and not been with us. But since she did that, Caleb went into the military, did his thing, and he's here with us now, giving us good entertainment. That's a great pick, yeah. Shout out to the waitresses who look out for the little kids. <laughs> Well, okay. Well, thanks guys for tonight. And we will be back with more of the cleanup techs next week. Stay tuned. Dun, dun, dun. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs>